honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Wigan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and many others. Thank you once and always for joining me today. The Minnesota Timberwolves didn't have the greatest week ever, but it sure finished well. One in three out of four games. <laughs> The Miami game, by far the most impressive win in a very long time. Maybe even the most impressive win of the year in some ways. In some ways. It was symbolic. It was a nice feeling and an interesting thing I'll get to when I get to that game. The others just, I don't know, they just weren't good enough. The Wolves just weren't good enough. The defense wasn't so good. And we get to hear about uh, (sighs) planned rest. We get to hear about Carl Anthony Towns' wrist actually does have a fracture. So, okay, we can't call him soft for that. We can't call him soft for that with a fractured wrist. So, it is what it is. Once the bone's broken, yeah, forget forget about it. Forget about it. Whatever accent you want to use, forget about it. Whatever accent you want to use, it's... uh, (laughs) You know, he's out for an extended period. I don't know how long in the NBA. Again, that's my biggest beef with the NBA is stuff like planned rest, this and that. And apparently the Wolves fined twenty five grand for the planned rest deal with uh, D'Angelo Russell on Sunday versus the Denver Nuggets. I don't know. It's like, what can you say? It, it is what it is. Uh, was it because it was, his, it was his birthday off or what's the deal there? I guess so. It happened to be February 23rd, 1996. Happy birthday, I guess. That's kind of weird, though. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I mean, at my job, it's one thing I take it off. It's in the NBA, though? Okay. Uh, God bless you, though. I mean, for, for what D'Angelo Russell did a few days later, I can't complain a whole lot. And you know what? D'Angelo Russell has brought an energy and a vibe to this team that we haven't had in a, long, in a very long time. Uh, it's very exciting. We can talk about Rubio, his leadership, this and that, but there's a little bit more going on because Russell has a little extra to his game, obviously. Every player is different. Every player is different. It's impossible to compare players too closely. There's a little bit of Chauncey Billups in D'Angelo Russell, a little bit of Sam Cassell in D'Angelo Russell. Of course, all those mid-range shots like Sam Cassell, kind of gutsy player, this and that, defense, not so great. You know, Chauncey Billups' defense got better when he went to Detroit because everybody's defense gets better when you go to Detroit, just like everybody's shooting gets better when you go to the Golden State Warriors, that, that, that team, except a certain guy who still stunk and shot like, what, 3 for 19 again. Wow, <laughs> I was on the NBA, uh, NBA TV game last weekend. Yeah, it's been two weeks since the last show. You got to see a dunk competition. You got to see uh, Mr. Jones win it, and I'm happy he won. I liked him a lot. Uh, really pleased with what took place. We'll talk about that when we get to the Twitter interaction a little bit. It's kind of cool. Uh, the planned rest stuff, we'll talk about that in the Facebook. So there'll be a little bit of that interaction in uh, Facebook and Twitter, per se. But I do love what D'Angelo Russell brings to the Minnesota Timberwolves. No question about it. The smooth passing skills. And, well, <laughs> we can complain about his defense, but it looked pretty good at times against the Miami Heat. And, of course, generally speaking, I think Malik Beasley just brings an overall game. He really does. Uh, and apparently Keelan Martin, there's a... <laughs> Some of you might already have known this a while, but it's just interesting. It was brought up on Score North and all that, that, uh, well, Keelan Martin and D'Angelo Russell have been best friends since, like, since uh, they were about nine years old. So that's an interesting little 
tentacle to the storyline. Interesting. So it kind of tells you why Keelan Martin's here in some ways, but at the same time, I think he deserves to play. It's just that he happened to be here of all places, which is cool. <laughs> well, that worked out pretty good, so they've come full circle, and I think he's a good player. Uh, McLaughlin has definitely turned out to be a nice, solid point guard who could be at least a really good backup, I think, in this league. Probably not a starter anywhere, but at least a good, solid backup. There's a good shot at that. If he's a third point guard, he's a third point guard. So let's get moving here. Last Friday, the Timberwolves hosted the Boston Celtics. End up losing by 10 points, 127-117. It was one of those kind of games the whole way. You knew who was going to win. The Celtics pretty much led throughout the entire game. The money line was this, this, and that. I don't know. It just is what it is. The point spread was eight and a half. Well, whoever did that, they they won. They won. Whoever picked the Boston Celtics, they won. And Jordan Hayward continued to torch the Wolves, which he has done historically. It gets like 30 points a game versus Minnesota, which is interesting. And he's gotten healthier the last year and a half, of course. Again, two years since the snap, <laughs> since uh, the, literally you heard his ankle snap on live TV on national television um, in the season opener years ago in early November, late October 2018. So that's kind of what that was. Um, sad situation, but l- luckily he's gotten much stronger. Gordon Hayward, that was actually 17, wasn't it? It's been a while already. But that's just kind of is what that is. Celtics, just the better team. Malik Beasley, I almost called him Malik Seeley. That's interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's Malik Seeley. And uh, Michael Beasley, you can you can go crazy with that one. Nas Reed, very solid game. It's a little aggressive, gets into foul trouble sometimes, but nice to see him play a little bit more of a big man game in this one. And, of course, adding that stretch five to his game. And I'm just going to keep saying this the rest of the season. As the Minnesota Timberwolves head into the NBA draft, I want them to take a big bruising center, if they can, if, if he's available. Uh, if you're really reaching for a guy and there's somebody way better, go ahead and take the guy who's way better. It, it is what it is. I mean, you want to take the best player available, even if it's a bleeping point card, which is definitely a risky situation because I think we're, I think we're okay. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, 13 assists in the game. Uh, very nifty play down the stretch. It's kind of a catch and release on the ball, leading to a, a layup for Malik Beasley, actually a dunk. Literally caught the ball in stride and then released it. Love what the guy can do. Just very smooth game. Again, 13 assists. Did not shoot well, did D'Angelo Russell. I guess he was tired or something. And, of course, yes, he's had the hamstring and sore knee situations popping up. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> we we have a call-in from Tanae Brown also, i got to mention, which is awesome. Tanae's takes makes a, makes a triumphant return. Can't wait for that. Segment number three, fan interaction. Alan Crabb continues to be Alan... Crap, I guess. Let's just say it. He's not been very good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he'll be back. But no, I mean, I do want the Wolves to get a big bruising center to help out this situation. Not because I want Nas Reed to not play, because I do want him to play. It's uh, Or it's a big bruising power forward that can really free up Carl Anthony Towns. Whatever position it is, I want uh, whatever position between power forward and center, I want somebody that can help free up Carl Anthony Towns. There's no offense to anyone else. I think Herman Gomez is a talented guy. He can hit from outside. He's a stretch four. Not the tallest guy in the world. And maybe you move him to small forward or something. Uh, Jared Culver's miscast a bit right now. Hard to say what the, what his future is going to be, which is it's tough because Malik Beasley deserves to be a starting shooting guard in the NBA. And D'Angelo Russell, well, of course, he's a starting point guard. You didn't, <laughs> he wasn't taking number two overall to be a backup. Though, of course, that does happen sometimes. Not every number one or number two overall pick lives up to the hype. Just like a certain guy in Northern California right now. Ah, God bless him, though. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, he is living up to the hype as D'Angelo Russell in terms of he's a legitimate all-star level point guard. It feels so good, doesn't it? It sucks losing still. And of course, again, no Carl Anthony Towns. And that's where the tease comes in. It's like, okay, here we go. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. D'Angelo Russell's not playing. Okay, they're both playing. This is kind of cool, but we lost. But it's kind of, <laughs> but it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun to watch. And then, you know, the Toronto, of course. And then Carl's out and Carl's out and Carl's out and Carl's out. And then, yeah, <laughs> D'Angelo's out too against Denver. That was really lame. Still well-played game, but lame to see neither one of them on the court, this and that. But uh, bottom line, Boston game, they were just a better team. The Wolves shot, okay, not really. You know, 40%, 42 attempts from three-point land and made, you know, 15. It's just it's just average, kind of an adequate, mediocre game, but certain guys shot super well. D'Angelo couldn't hit a shot in the game, and that's what was kind of bummer, but at least he made up for it with 13 assists. A lot of other guys shot well. Uh, Jared Culver really kind of lost right now, which is sad. I'd have to say, Keelan Martin didn't have the best game either. Crab is basically invisible. Peasley had 27. He was clearly the best player, but Reed was awesome too with 19. Herman Gomez, 4 of 5 from downtown. McLaughlin made all three of his three-point attempts. So there were positives and negatives throughout the game. Okogi made everything come in his way. Lots of kind of, you know, just close to the baskets. You know, catching the ball in stride and dunking. Thanks to uh, D'Angelo Russell there as we move forward into the Denver game, which was depressing. The 23rd, okay, D'Angelo Russell, planned rest. He's not going to play. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> that is the most annoying thing. And again, the Wolves now find 25 grand for that. Very interesting. Very interesting. Oh, it's like, hey, he was healthy. Why are you putting him out? Pretty annoying. Keelan Martin made up for a not-so-good game versus the Celtics. Ended up with 21 off the bench. Very nice, solid game for him. 3 of 8. And even Jared Culver, 3 of 4. He's had some good games against Denver, hasn't he? Jared Culver's played well against Denver this year, and he did again. Big moments, big moments. Beasley, McLaughlin, you know, decent combination. Beasley just continues to score 17, 18, 27 points night in and night out. Just love what he's been doing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And again, I like the way he takes away the passing lane. Like, he just kind of follows his man. Like, off-ball defense, and his on-ball defense is good too, obviously. But off-ball defense is very solid. Very solid. Um, this game, though, you could just, again, it was another one where you could kind of sense the whole game. Denver was just going to take it. It was kind of close, but whenever Denver needed to score, they did, that type of thing. And the Wolves were just kind of constantly behind in this game. It's just not a whole lot of exciting things about it at the end of the day. It's just the same old story with uh, Jokic just kind of putting on a show like he does. Jamal Murray didn't shoot as spectacular as he does sometimes, but it is what it is. Gary Harris back in the starting lineup, finally. Seemed like he'd been kind of out of the rotation for the longest time, but he's back now, and he seemed like he's always hurt as well. Uh, Millstep always seems to kill us as well. God, that guy can hit an outside shot. And, I mean, all these guys, years ago, you look at them and you think, oh, him shooting threes, are you kidding me? Well, yeah, nowadays, yeah. I mean, <laughs> these big dudes... These big, bulky dudes who you think are going to be down low banging people around, and they're just scorching the bottom of the net over and over and over. You know, the Al Jefferson types, which is kind of what I compared Paul Millsap to, and now it's like, boy, did Millsap end up being a way better player than Al Jefferson, sadly. <laughs> Millsap, what an awesome game for him, though. 25 points. Again, 4-6 from downtown, and he was 9-11. 9-4-11. It was not an inside job that time. Uh, awesome uh, performance by... Uh, Paul Millsap, my God. It's just there's nothing you can do sometimes with some of these big men when they're scorching them from downtown. 
And it's funny because Denver didn't even shoot that great from three-point range. They, they were okay, but generally speaking, they were getting what they needed to. They play that transition-style game, and they just kind of up and down the floor, quick passes, drive into the hoop, and they get easy points. They just get easy buckets. Uh, Malik Beasley had a technical in the game, but again, she's almost 60% from the floor because Denver was just, you know, the Timberwolves' transition defense is not where it needs to be. It's just not. And that's just all there is to say. Wolves again attempted 43s in the game. Apologize for that background chime there. My bad there. <clears throat> Pardon me. Dallas Mavericks game. Oh, boy. Back to back. <laughs> well, Dallas is good again. I mean, that lasted about a year or two where Dallas is not so good. It was kind of nice seeing Dallas not be good for a little while. Might go through the same crap with the Warriors, too. Apparently, a guy I'm not a huge fan of is coming back right about now. He's finally coming back from the broken hand. Again, I don't know. I mean, a broken hand is really important and everything. I get it. But, geez, I mean, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time, but I suppose when you're Steph Curry, your hand better be in perfect shape. But I hear, I thought it was on his non-shooting hand, which is really strange. Uh, (laughs) I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about this. <laughs> a lot of guys. Jake Lehman finally makes his triumphant return to the Timberwolves. Jake Lehman lives again. He had a similar toe injury to what Ricky Rubio had years ago, where there was that weird ligament damage, and you think, it's just a toe injury. God, come on. And then, But no, I mean, you're playing basketball here. You're not, you know, <laughs> you're not doing bench press. You're playing basketball. You know how important feet are in basketball? <laughs> oh, my God. Especially, you know, like your toes. Like, anytime you want to cut, you want to you know, wiggle yourself open, whatever, you kind of want to wiggle free, something like that, it hurts. And if somebody steps on it, it's even worse. Uh, you know, stepping on it, go ahead and laugh. Oh, that's cute. But no, I mean, <laughs> ligament damage in your toes, that one, I as frustrating as it was, waiting for Jake Lehman to come back, that one I kind of get, actually, because, I don't know, when, when you're talking ligament damage with a toe, that's kind of nasty and complicated. And again, that happened to Rubio few years back, everybody's like, my God, the worst toe injury in the history of the world. Well, yeah, it's it's a bad one when you talk about language damage. It's it's funky. Toes, I, I don't even know. I can't even imagine how long that takes to really get you rolling again. But that's what happened to uh, Jake Lehman. And nice to have him back. Nice to have him back. He had five points. Wasn't particularly great. Much better than the Miami game. Much, much better than the Miami game. It was wonderful seeing D'Angelo Russell back in it versus the Dallas Mavericks. He kind of got the Wolves back in the game with an unbelievable third quarter. And a guy, you know, when I was comparing D'Angelo Russell, there's a little bit of Chauncey in him. There is a little bit of Chauncey Billups in D'Angelo Russell. There's also that little extra oomph to his game. That reminds me of a certain guy from Northern California. He's not from there, but he plays there. He's from North Carolina. Yeah, Steph Curry. There is a little bit of Steph Curry in D'Angelo Russell. And go ahead and say, yeah, whatever. But the fact that he just kind of lets it go from way, way out and then nails it. He's got that, he's, he's got the guts, the athletic arrogance, we'll call it, which is the good kind of arrogance that Curry has sometimes. The other side I hate, but sometimes, well, it's just I hate when Curry makes the shot too because I don't want them to win no matter who they're playing. I don't want them to win no matter who they're playing. <laughs> go Lakers, go anybody else. <laughs> but no, D'Angelo Russell has that athletic arrogance to just kind of let it go from way out and then he'll nail it and it's usually in those big momentum moments when he's on fire he's feeling it and it's just you know it's the NBA jam situation you just let it go you let it fly you catch it and just boom you just let it go it's like screw you if you don't think I can make it and I mean he had an unbelievable third quarter got the Wolves back in it 
a bit. But then, of course, Dallas just kind of took over again. And it ended up being the only quarter the Wolves won by two points. And it was basically D'Angelo Russell versus the Mavericks. But unfortunately, despite getting uh, <clears throat> tweaked a bit with an ankle, pumping into James Johnson's uh, foot, Luka Doncic still, there was still a Luka Doncic show, generally speaking. He didn't shoot well from downtown, but still very smooth, solid game. And, well, it was good stuff. Uh, nice to see J.J. Barea coming back from the Achilles injury. Good job. Wasn't my favorite player on the Wolves, that's for damn sure. Drove me absolutely crazy, actually, when I was talking about the point guards of the past for the Timberwolves. Three times that son of a gun drove me crazy, but you know what? Good job. Good job coming back from the Achilles injury and eight assists. He looks good again. I mean, he looks damn solid. I, I'm not going to trash him at all. Uh, Seth, Seth Curry, the other one. Yeah, very good game, too. He was awesome. He was scorching the net from the outside in only 25 minutes, 19 points. And he was starting. So a lot of the starters did not play a whole lot of minutes. It was a very balanced, it's a very balanced rotation in Dallas at the moment. Courtney Lee's still alive. Wow, he's still alive. Marshawn Brooks isn't, I don't think, is he? He's kind of, he made, he made a, a random return with Memphis and shot the lights out. It was unbelievable for a couple of games, especially against us. It was kind of crazy. Uh, there was a Jacob Evans the third sighting, but three minutes of zero. He just missed a, a shot. He missed a three-point shot, and he was a plus ten. Must have been out there with uh, D'Angelo Russell during that third quarter. That was pretty something else. I barely noticed him, unfortunately. So because again, Rand D'Angelo Russell, what a what a sharp shooting uh, fourth quarter, but our third quarter. But unfortunately, only added a couple points in the fourth. He was already at like twenty-seven after the third quarter. So fourth quarter just wasn't there. Beasley again, a volume shooter, five of twelve from downtown. Love his game, but uh, man, wasn't the best game overall for the Wolves. In a lot of ways, it just wasn't. It wasn't all that exciting. wasn't a whole lot to say. Uh, James Johnson, I think, brings that grit and toughness that I love very much in a player, and I'd love to see him come back. Uh, maybe not at the current price, though. That's the thing. We're talking like $15, $16 million a year. That's the one thing that I'm not all too excited about at the end of the day. But again, a 139, 123 butt-kicking by Dallas. They're just, they're back. I mean, they're kind of similar to the Dirk Nowitzki Mavericks, just the modernized version, I guess. Kind of. I mean, where they're just, you know, hitting threes and they're up and down the court and hitting threes. It's run and gun, baby. And that's what Dallas has kind of been since the late 90s, right? Kind of. Or no, early 2000s. Early 2000s. Miami Heat, American Airlines Arena, February the 26th, Wednesday, was a day of triumph. Jimmy Butler comes back from personal issues or whatever the heck. You know, I mean, obviously he's got a life. It's this and that. Uh, recently had a kid, too, so that's good for him. But that's where the kind words end. Uh, Jimmy Butler had some good moments, that's for sure, in this game. But uh, <laughs> all you have to do is look it up on YouTube. I think I posted it on the Timberwolves Explosion Facebook page, and I posted it in other places. I mean, pretty sure it was on the Explosion page, though. Uh, well, I mean, Jimmy Butler, game-tying and game-winning shot. Well, let's just call them attempts. I mean, it, it's it's there. And it happened again. Jimmy Butler, you know, people call him clutch. Is he, though? Is he? I mean, is he clutch or is he not clutch? Because I, I remember something different. Oh, yeah, the little, what's his name? People are cursing him out not too long ago. Andre Iguodala, the way he left Memphis. That wasn't so nice. It is what it is there. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., your slam dunk champ. That guy is really something, isn't he? He made some plays in this game where he was literally floating on air. And he was able to get to the ball 
and tap it in as he was just in, in the air. And the way he did it, the distance that he had to reach to get to the ball and the hang time he needed to make the plays he did. I really like that guy. Uh, I really like Derek Jones Jr. Um, and so I am thrilled that he won the slam dunk competition. It is what it is. And what an awesome couple, what an awesome 19 minutes he had, 14 points. I like Derek Jones Jr. He's one of my favorite players right now. That guy's good. Uh, good on him. Jay Crowder, I know one of uh, Wayne Hunt's favorite players from Memphis. Kind of a shame. He's been all over the place. And the reason he gets traded is not because the team wants to get rid of him. It's because the other team wants him on their team. <laughs> That's what it is. He's one of those kind of guys. Like when Sam Cassell kept getting traded from, <coughs> excuse me, I think he went from like, uh, obviously Houston to Phoenix to like Dallas for a couple seconds. I think I remember right. Ultimately to the New Jersey Nets is what they were forever, obviously. And then the Bucks and the Wolves. Uh, that was pretty crazy at the end of the day. We thought we were going to get him for Stefan Marbury, but Cassell ended up going to the Bucks in that same trade. That was a big carousel of players moving around. Terrell Bryan went from the Bucks to Minnesota. It was always the Bucks to the rescue back in the day, whenever we had to make a deal. But then the Bucks were to the rescue again years later when we got Sam Cassell, getting rid of Joe, Joe, Joe Smith and Anthony Peeler. That was one of the better trades in Wolves history, at least for a year, until Sam Cassell got pissy and, and pissy and all that crap. That was frustrating the next year, but hey, it was an awesome year. It was the MV, MV3 year, if those of you that like to remember that one, that was a lot of fun. But no, um, it's crazy. Uh, that's Those teams wanted Sam Cassell. Every one of them wanted him. Unfortunately, I think after a while, again, there's a shelf life. But Whereas Jay Crowder, people just wanted him badly, and that's why he's on the Miami Heat, and they're a legitimate playoff team. They're winning the Southwest Division. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever seen... Eric Spolstra more pissed off than he was in this game down the stretch. I've never seen him that mad. Uh, he wanted to travel on McLaughlin. He was twirling his arms and hands. You know how normally you're thinking travel, right? Like a little spin with your fists or your hands, whatever. He was twirling around in like a, I don't know what the, what the diameter would be, like about three or four feet. And his face was like he was going to explode. It was probably mostly because his team was giving up a pretty big lead in the last couple minutes. I remember how we had a moment like that, the uh, one in like 84, 37 or whatever the heck the number was. I don't even want to remember anymore. 84, 31, something like that. It was a huge number, almost 8,500 games. The Wolves gave up a 17-point lead in like a couple minutes, literally. Well, the Heat gave up a 12-point lead in a couple minutes. And that's because a certain guy isn't as clutch as a lot of people believe in the fourth quarter in the last couple minutes, last couple minutes, closing seconds, whatever it is including the game-winning play, potentially, that he was trying to accomplish. That's uh, It was exactly like the videos, or the video out there. Same thing, driving to the basket, got blocked. Forcing up an ugly three-point shot that just flat-out missed. That's Jimmy Butler in the closing minutes. He can be clutched sometimes, but not really. <laughs> not really. Um, but Spolster, the way he was just flipping out, he thought it should have been a travel on McLaughlin instead it ended up being a foul. McLaughlin ends up being clutch and being cold-blooded driving to the hoop, but also D'Angelo Russell with multiple steals down the stretch that helped completely turn the tide when it looked like the Heat were going to win this game comfortably. Butler had the ball going to the hoop. He spun across. To, uh, he spun right around her, uh, Herman Gomez for the hoop. No, it was a Kogi of all people. It was a Kogi. No, it was Herman Gomez. Pardon me. Uh, Kogi defended pretty well in the game. 
Uh, Herman Gomez, though, spun right around him to the hoop, 12-point game with only three minutes left, and then that's when things changed, and Russell started taking over. He ended up being... Uh, 7 of 14 from downtown, absolutely dominant, and again, a little bit of that curry on, on his release and confidence on his shot down the stretch. Awesome, awesome game. Again, McLaughlin cold-blooded down the stretch when you needed him. James Johnson fouled out, a little bit aggressive, but showing leadership behind the scenes, and he's the kind of guy I think could be an assistant coach later on, and he might hang around kind of like Juwan Howard did forever, and ultimately became an assistant coach with uh, Eric Spolster there in Miami. Uh, but, my goodness, D'Angelo Russell, uh, you're seeing some leadership. You're seeing some leadership. Uh, Jimmy Butler has toyed with this team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, since going to Philadelphia and then ultimately Miami. He just toyed with us, mocked us, laughed at us a lot like Joel Embiid as well. And the whole, oh, he was right. He was calling us soft and we're soft all right. Well, whereas Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns, a member of the team in this game, were they playing in this game? No. So, uh, well... I guess the Wolves won because there was no Carl Anthony Towns and no Andrew Wiggins. I'm not going to be that mean about it, but at the same time, D'Angelo Russell had a little bit of that extra in him that for some stinking reason, Wiggins and Towns didn't when going against Jimmy Butler. They let it get to him too much, I think, or in Wiggins' case, I don't know what's going on in there. I have no idea. God bless him, I have no idea what's going on in his head, if he's competitive, if he's not competitive. I mean, when you have Jim Peterson, of all people, Mr. Smiley Face, Mr. Positive, but at the times, but at times he can be very honest. Jim Peterson saying during the day of the trade, he came on the air. I forget which show it was. If it was, I think it was on Score North, if I remember correctly. He said, "I don't remember." Or I mean, he he said, "I'm not sure how much Andrew Wiggins loves basketball, how much he likes basketball, loves basketball, likes basketball, whatever it is." He wasn't sure how much he even likes basketball, and that's like, ooh. If Jim Peterson's saying that, there's something going on. So he was wondering about it. D'Angelo Russell looks like he loves the game. He does. And he was showing some major leadership down the stretch, and it was awesome. Uh, Ryan Saunders as well. He looks different now with the beard. Good for him coming off the break and all that. He's he's the bearded man now, which is okay. I, I like it. He looks a little bit older, a little tougher now, and good for him. <laughs> a little bit tougher. <laughs> But no, James Johnson and D'Angelo Russell really were leaders down the stretch. And of course, Malik Beasley as well. He's always got that cold-blooded assassin look in his face, which I love. I love Malik Beasley. I don't know how much he's going to cost, but I think this team needs to keep Malik Beasley for as long as we can. Uh, be a nice backcourt uh, mate with uh, backcourt mate with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, love what Russell did, though. You saw some... I mean, is he the toughest guy in the world? Not necessarily, <clears throat> but you saw leadership. You saw a guy who was making executive decisions out there. You saw a guy who was, you know, it's not like rah, rah, re, let's all be cute and motivate each other like college players, which I don't always like, but sometimes it's good, sometimes it isn't. It was literally like, yes, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to communicate, we need to move around, and it's a different vibe, and I like it a lot. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like what I saw. I really liked what I saw in this game down the stretch, and D'Angelo Russell led the way in a big way, and you got to see three guys block <laughs> Jimmy Butler at the same time. Oh, wasn't it beautiful? <clears throat> Herman Gomez, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley all blocking. Ah, Jimmy Butler down the stretch. It was a triple block, a moment of beauty, no foul call because there was no contact to Butler's hands. You thought there was. It sure looked like there was going to be, but it never happened. You look really closely, it never happened, and the call was not made. And the reason why Butler fell is because they were pushing the ball. <laughs> they were pushing the ball 
<clears throat> away. And Butler ended up falling, falling down because of the contact situation there. Not body on body, not hand on hand. It was just down they went. Down went Butler and uh, down went the heat at the end of the day. Very exciting moment for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, awesome. Jake Lehman looks solid. Again, nothing super special immediately, but uh, some intangible moments out there. Man, I can't believe he got five fouls in 13 minutes, but I don't know. It was that kind of game. Uh, there was a lot of aggressive play out there. My God, there were a lot of fouls in this game. Jared Culver had five fouls. Nas Reed had five fouls. 35 fouls for the Wolves in the game. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler, again, down the stretch, not clutch, and good for us. Three turnovers down the stretch in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. He wound up with four on the game, only 18 points, which is fine with us. They defended him very well, didn't uh, did they? Uh, uh, Josh Okogie defended him very well. And D'Angelo Russell's willingness where he was literally like, ball, I got ball. He wanted to go after the guy with the ball, whoever it was, down the stretch uh, when they were bringing the ball up the court. I forget if it was Butler. Yeah, it, it was Butler, and he went on him, and he did a good play because Butler, of course, was the guy dominating the ball down the stretch in that fourth quarter. He was the point forward, so to speak, and D'Angelo Russell showed no fear, no fear whatsoever, and he got the job done. Well played. Well played, D'Angelo. Well played. Alpha Wolf for this episode is D'Angelo Russell. It was almost Millie Beasley the way he was going, and he will get an honorable mention. The Johnny Flynn Memorial for this episode really is there one, I guess. I mean, it's sad to see Jared Culver kind of vanish a bit. Uh, I think he'll be back, though. He had some moments against the Heat. He did have nine points. I'm not even necessarily going to give it to him. It's just that maybe the injuries, generally speaking, again, I don't really want to trash anyone. I mean, Culver was fine. You know, I mean, Keelan Martin was good, solid in the game. He didn't shoot spectacularly, but he was okay. I have no reason to trash Herman Gomez at all. Uh, he's very solid. I would like to see more rebounding, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, there's nobody really to trash. It's not like Nas Reed was awful. He was very solid. Too many fouls, maybe. Jake Lehman's injury. <laughs> How about just the broken wrist? Carl Anthony Towns' wrist is the Johnny Flynn Memorial for this episode. There's nobody really to get angry at at this point. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we got some games to review. Segment number two. Is that what it took to finally defeat Jimmy Butler? No Wiggins? No Towns? Okay. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Tonight, the Minnesota Timberwolves will face the Orlando Magic as the Minnesota Timberwolves will head into the month of March here. This is the final game of February. We'll play the Orlando Magic again, as I was saying. And then we'll play Dallas, New Orleans, and Chicago. So four games to preview. Let's jump right into this. Uh, <laughs> let's jump right into this Orlando Magic matchup. The Magic, well, you know, they're always kind of hanging around. They're second place in the Southeast Division. Second place. So, I guess Florida's ruling the Southeast, like, normally. Kind of. Sort of. Not really in the NBA, but in other ways it does. Probably the most populated area of it. Yeah, uh, field goal percentage are 28. Three-wide percentage 26. Points score 28th. And rebounding their 18th. So they can rebound the ball a little bit. And another very frustrating moment for Aaron Gordon. Again, the loss to Jones in the uh, slam dunk contest, just like with Levine. I think maybe that's what it was that made me not want to see Aaron Gordon win. The frustration with him and, whoo, back and forth frustration with him and uh, 
Zach Levine. I wanted Levine to win so bad. He's a competitive son of a gun, that Gordon. He likes to talk a little bit, too, which kind of got under my skin a teeny tiny bit. It's like, okay, dude, we get it. We, we get it. I don't see Jones doing that after every play he makes. Dude, jeez. That stuff gets old. I don't know. I mean, good for you, I guess. Uh, they're kind of a mix of guys who can play. Evan Fournier can, can definitely play. You can hit from the outside. Fusevic is an outstanding center. I wish the Wolves could have a guy like that. I mean, I really do. A double-double machine. Aaron Gordon's not a great shooter. He's a great athlete, though. He certainly isn't a great shooter. His field goal percentage is not that great. His free throw percentage is not that great. His three-point percentage is not that great. But he's athletic, and he scores, and he's got the ball handling and all that. Strong dude and all that. But, uh, you know, it's a crying shame Jonathan Isaac is out for the season. God, he was good. Oh, I love Jonathan Isaac. That, that, that guy's good. And it's like his stats aren't that spectacular except the two and a half blocks and 1.6 steals. You know, those are great numbers. Uh, great, solid player. It's a crying shame, and that's probably one of the reasons why the Magic have dropped off a bit because they were hanging around for a while. Josh McGetty, I was thinking Corey McGetty was back. Wow, that's a long time ago already. Mo Bamba, that's a fun name. <laughs> way down there in the rotation, but he's played in almost every game. Terrence Ross, a solid guy who had a well, he's one of those crazy guys that had a huge game. Generally a good, solid role player, but put in a 50-point game uh, about a year ago, if I remember correctly. It's a mix of, like, point guards that have kind of been okay, and, man, it's kind of a weird mix of guys on this team. Markel Fultz, who was supposed to be awesome, wasn't he, like, the number one pick in the draft? He's been adequate. I mean, he's played in every game. Good for him. He's finally stayed healthy, but he's only averaging about 12 points, but five assists. Okay, he's he's adequate. DJ Augustine, remember that name? I mean, he's been around forever. He's like, I guess, kind of splitting minutes with Fultz. He's kind of a plateau in there. Fultz getting about three more minutes a game. So they're kind of sharing point guard duties over there in uh, Orlando. It's a weird mix. It's it's a team the Wolves should beat, but we like almost never win in Orlando. Almost never. Dating back to like, you know, like, I don't even know how far. Uh, I don't even want to say, uh, Skiles, back to the Skiles days, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're talking way back in the day, uh, Scott Skiles, man, I mean, it's, I could be getting a mix up with Scotty Brooks, in a way, Scott, Scott this, Scott that, Dennis Scott, I mean, they like Scots around there, and yeah, okay, I'm just messing around, but Orlando hasn't been good in like forever, uh, yeah, they had what's-his-face there for the longest time. Dwight Howard, but that's been years now. Uh, Fultz, at least he's kind of becoming adequate. At least he's getting a little bit better. But he's just so in and out. I don't know what to think about him. I mean, he's he, he's trying. He's trying. He's trying as he might. But, again, not standing out all that much. Again, crying shame about Jonathan Isaac. Ah, what a damn bummer. I love that guy. How has this matchup been with the Wolves again over the years? It's not been good. You wish Carl could come back. But, I mean, I don't know. Him versus... I don't know, Nas Reed versus uh, uh, our friend. Uh, our friend Vucevic. I don't know. I think Vucevic wins that like every single time. I'm clicking the wrong stuff here, and I apologize. Uh, this is the first of the two-game series, of course. You play the Eastern Conference. It's, again, the 28th today, and then March the 6th. So it'll be a quick little in-and-out type of thing. The Wolves' offense is way better than Orlando, so hopefully the Wolves can take advantage of that. Get some momentum after that Miami game, and we can actually sweep Florida, which would be like the first time in I don't know how long. Uh, they're pretty even in a lot of other categories except the points scored, which is interesting. Very interesting. Almost every other statistic, both teams are kind of like almost neck and neck, like rebounding and all that. Orlando, though, has been playing extremely well, so I'll give them credit there. They've won four out of their last five. 
They beat the Atlanta Hawks, who aren't that good anyway. 135-126. Detroit, who also isn't that good, 116-112. Got beat pretty handily by Dallas, 122-106. They beat Brooklyn by two points. So these wins are not that impressive. I mean, it's Brooklyn is kind of like a mess, kind of. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. They're still hanging on, though. And Orlando would be the eighth seed if the season ended today. Get your brooms out, Milwaukee. If you don't sweep uh, Orlando, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing if you don't. 50-8 and eight on the season, by the way. Go Bucks. Fear the deer. I'm going to start saying that again. But yeah, they've been beating up on Atlanta and Detroit and stuff, and then they got put in their place by Dallas. I'm not even a Dallas Mavericks fan at all. I don't like the Dallas Mavericks, but uh, I like what Luka Doncic brings to the NBA, sure. God, there's a lot of L's when you look at the Wolves' record the last couple months. Oh my God, it's depressing. It's depressing. Boy, I mean, if things go as is, I mean, you consider the Wolves a team with a sucky record and that the Orlando Magic should take care of business. But I got a sneaky feeling there's a little momentum bump for you for the Wolves after that Miami game. A little confidence bump. I hope that isn't too high and we get kind of, we rest in our laurels too much. I think the Wolves can do this, though. I think we can do this. I think we win this game. I mean, why not? Why not take advantage and actually win this game in Orlando? D'Angelo Russell for 33, and the Wolves win the game. He gets scorched in the net. He provides some leadership. And you get a spark from a guy like Josh Akogi, believe it or not. Maybe he goes off a bit. And, of course, Malik Beasley. I mean, for right now, I mean, there's two guys that are by far leading this team offensively and in a lot of ways, just by example and such as well. Malik Beasley and uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think, combined for 60 points in the game, if you can believe that. I think they combined for 60. And we get a little help from Akogi, Herman Gomez, and James Johnson. Nas Reed maybe hits a couple threes, this and that, and he gets a double digits. We're going to need a big performance from Nas Reed, though. Uh, we're going to need him to be tough. We're going to need him to draw some fouls in Vucevic. And the Wolves can win this game. I, I think we can. We'll end up winning the game 118, 118 to 115. The Wolves barely, barely uh, scrape this one out. But, uh, again, no Jonathan Isaac. That hurts the Magic's chances to have a successful season at the end of the day. Wolves win 118-115. And Beasley and D'Angelo combine 460 in the game. What do you think of that? How's that for positivity? Tank that! Yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. Yeah, that was what Jerson Rosas did. You wrote, tank that. Uh, <laughs> tank that, huh? <laughs> it's it's fun, but no. You know what I mean? And no. <laughs> no. It's... <sighs> Now's not the time, I guess. Dallas, oh, we get to play the Mavericks again on March the 1st, Sunday afternoon. That's kind of cool. I like these matinee games sometimes. Nah, I like evening games better. I don't like matinee games. I like to relax. Uh, I like to do my thing in the afternoon and then watch a game in the night. Because otherwise you get bored to death in the night. Mavericks sweeping the season series. And I think their chances of doing that are sky high. I think there's a very good possibility the Mavericks sweep. But hey, both games were in Dallas. 121-114. And the Wolves were in that one the whole way. And Jared Culver made a big play in that one. That was impressive. The way he literally just ripped the ball out of Luka Doncic's hand. Like saying, yeah, you're not that great. Screw you, man. I'm coming right after you, <laughs> Mr. Hotshot. That was impressive. Wolves still lost. 139-123. That was whew, that was bad. So Target Center in the afternoon for those of you out there with your season tickets and all that. Dallas is 15th, 13th in field goal percentage. That's their weakest thing. Fifth in three, thanks to Seth and Luca and all the others. Third in points scored. Oh, boy. I mean, it's the Mavericks. The Mavericks are back. Let's just say what it is. The Mavericks are back. I mean, it's like the old days, you know. Not really old days, but old enough. Old enough at the end of the day. There's a lot of D's and M's in their logo, aren't they? When you look closely, you can just see it. It's funny, like on the horse's head, there's an M and there's a D by the ear. And 
Yeah, it's kind of funny. But <laughs> let's move forward. Fourth and rebounding. They do a whole lot of everything. A whole lot of everything. Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, you get guys like that. Porzingis is a defensive machine. Porzingis just defensive monster. He is long. He is deadly. He's awesome. Uh, Doncic does a little bit of everything. He's a short Larvitas Sabonis basically out there. <laughs> he does a little bit of everything. He is a triple-double machine. Gotta love his game. Again, I'm not the biggest fan in the world, per se. I'm just, probably because I just don't like the Mavericks. But, but, but he, he just gets it done. Let's just put it that way. He gets it done, and that's a good thing. Seth Curry has been scorching that net, boy. Seth Curry, 43.4%. Wouldn't mind having him on the Wolves as a, as a third guard. Wouldn't wouldn't hurt. Uh, Jalen Brunson's had his moments as well. The former, uh, you know, <laughs> Villanova Wildcat. Gotta love them. Dwight Powell, play after play after play, player after player. These guys get banged up, though. That's the one thing that could be the undoing for the Mavericks. If guys aren't available when you need them most, you're screwed. But I think the uh, Mavericks win this game, unfortunately. It's just, it is what it is. You get to see Luka Doncic in Target Center. You get to see Porzingis. And there it is. I kind of like the interesting-looking uniforms they wore <laughs> a couple of days ago on Monday night. That was kind of cool. But at the end of the day, I think the Mavericks end up winning the game. It's going to be high scoring. Oh, it's going to be high scoring, like 130, 120. You know, D'Angelo gets his 27, 28, 29. I mean, I think he's going to average that most of the rest of the year, especially if Carl's not healthy off and on. He's going to have a career high in points this year is D'Angelo. Uh, Malik Beasley's going to be averaging 20 points the rest of the season. Absolutely, 23, 20. I mean, he is just really tearing it up and love what he brings. It's nice to see him get loose. Hopefully Denver made a crucial mistake giving him up in that trade. And it's starting to look like that could be a possibility. A possibility. It ain't written in stone yet. It's written in pencil, maybe, but not stone or pen or, or magic marker or any of that nonsense. But the Mavericks win by 10. At the end of the day, I just think there's a little too much, and the Wolves' defense won't be up to the task. It's just that simple. New Orleans Pelicans, and you get to finally see, you finally get to see Mr. Williamson, Mr. Zion. You get to see Mount Zion finally play. It's nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to see him, and he's really good, isn't he? He, he really is good. He's got that footwork. And it's, it's, it's that quick footwork and the strength combination, which can make him a better Charles Barkley, as great as Charles was. Charles had the athleticism, you know, like where he, despite his heaviness, don't want to call him fat. He, sure, he's fat after basketball, but just size, despite his overall insane, insane size. <laughs> back in the day, the way he could jump out of a gym despite his, his weight and, 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 you know, overall bulk, like muscle, whatever the heck you want to call him back then. <laughs> and, you know, he, he had weight, obviously. He ate too much, always. He's always eating too much. He, he'd admit, I mean, that's what was going on back then. Um, the fact that he could jump the way he could, there was an insane athleticism. Where Zion Williamson is just a, you know, he, he's a freak of nature. There's just so much muscle there. And, hey, if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a hell of a career. He's going to be a better Charles Barkley because he's got really good footwork. Uh, 107.99 loss on December the 18th without Mount Zion in that one. But uh, I do believe Carl played. I'm sure he did, right? No, I, I don't th- I don't know. Actually, he didn't. No, this was, this was then. This was then. Andrew Wiggins, yeah, 27 points, 23 field goal attempts. Yeah, I mean, it's just the same old thing, Covington. I don't miss a lot of these guys. When I see these names, like... I just got this eh kind of feeling. You know, that pit in my stomach, that, that knot in my throat. I don't want to see them anymore. Like T. Wiggins. Gorgie, I miss. I miss Gorgie a lot. I think Wolves could use him really badly right now, especially right now, more than anything. We could use him like we could breathe right now. 
I missed him, but James Johnson's good. He's just shorter, which sucks, and older. Um, Jop, I don't miss anymore. Dapier at his moments. You get the idea. I just move on. <laughs> Let's just move on. Um, no Zion, though. They won by seven points over the Wolves at the time. Uh, season series, as I keep hitting everything wrong, which is always so much fun. The season series was what it was. You know, we got three games overall in this season series. Uh, Pelicans lead it one to nothing. Of course, Zion off to a great start to his young career. Brandon Ingram was absolutely spectacular in the absence of Zion Williams, and he's now at 23 points. Only seven rebounds so far for Zion. We'll see if he can get that up a bit. Drew Holiday is like a legitimate all-star type of point guard. J.J. Redick, we all know what he can do. Shoot from the outside. He was basically born to shoot a three-pointer, like people used to say about uh, Steve Kerr. Three-point percentage is higher than his field goal percentage, which is crazy. Lonzo Ball's at his moments. He stayed healthy. You just don't hear about him that much. Almost seven assists a game for Lonzo Ball. It's an interesting combination. As both Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday get significant minutes. Almost the same amount. They're on the floor quite a bit. And uh, almost forgotten Joel Okafor. Still kind of hanging around. It's kind of sad when you analyze that one. Brandon Ingram has been become a hell of a player, though, from that uh, that Lager trade. Good for the uh, Pelicans, though, with, with this whole situation. And, of course, getting the number one pick in the draft helped a lot, too, giving up Anthony Davis. But uh, the Lakers aren't crying a whole lot. They're championship contenders right now. A uh, couple years, this Pelicans team could be way up there as well. God willing, for, for their sake. We'll see what happens there. This game has this game's all over the place. I just wish Carl Anthony Towns was healthy because he had some good moments against this team in the past. He he really did. And unfortunately, this will be another game where there's no Carl Anthony Towns against the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. So it's a crying shame. It's in the New Orleans. I think the Wolves do not win the game. I think the Wolves lose two in a row. <laughs> unfortunately, you beat the uh, Orlando Magic, then you lose to Dallas. You lose to the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the Pelicans will beat us a little bit too much. They've been playing solid lately to say the least. They're fourth in three-point percentage, fourth in points scored, fifth in rebounding, so they do a whole lot of everything as well. They put up some good numbers. They play a good, solid game. Uh, they're three and two in their last five. They beat Portland twice. Very impressive, home and away, uh, during that All-Star break and all that. They lost to Oklahoma City and lost to the Los Angeles Lakers most recently. They will play Cleveland and the L.A. Lakers again, both of LeBron's teams there. <laughs> couple of days apart, and then a two-day break after the Lakers to play Minnesota to host the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think, again, I do believe the New Orleans Pelicans defeat the Timberwolves 115 to... Nah, I don't know. I don't even know. No, let's... Well, what kind of games do they score generally? 115 to... Yeah, no, it's going to be higher scoring. Well, let's go with 125 to 120. It'll be a very entertaining game, but I think uh, I think Beasley has a nice, nice game. I, I have a feeling he's going to have a a good showing, obviously. Oh, boy, I'm hoping for something, though. I mean, I'm hoping for, like, Nasri to just really come out and play in this one, but I, I just don't see it happening. I think the... I mean, I, I, I think he'll be okay in the game, but I, I just don't think the Wolves have the guns to beat this team right now at this moment. I just think there's a little bit too much talent there. Too much young talent, which I think is going to be a problem. And the Pelicans win the game. Let's move on, if we can, possibly, to play the Chicago Bulls. This one's got W written all over it. And it's on a W. It's on a Wednesday. The problem is it's a back-to-back. That's the only crappy part. That's the crappy part. Uh, Chicago Bulls <clears throat> beat the Wolves 117-110. A very frustrating, stupid loss on January the 22nd. One of the most frustrating losses of the season. And God bless Zach Levine. He's had an awesome year. 25 and a half. 
on the year here at 25 and a half points a game. This is the season wrap-up. The Wolves need to split with this club. The Wolves need to split with this club. Wolves score way more points than the Bulls. Bulls are 25th in the league. Rebounding, the Bulls are 30th, so that can really be a help. Field goal percentage were almost the same. Free throw were almost the same, and the Bulls' three-point percentage is slightly better. The Bulls are 1-4 in, in their last five. Losing to the Washington Wizards. Ugh, but it's a tough place to play sometimes. They lost to Charlotte. They lost to Glass Joe. <laughs> they lost to Glass Joe, but so did we. We lost to Charlotte, too. That was uh, that was great. We lost to Glass Joe. You know, like if you're playing yeah, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, you lost to Glass Joe. <laughs> oh, my. They lost to Phoenix. They lost to, well, no, they beat Washington and then got beat by only two versus Oklahoma City. Entertaining battle there. Entertaining. Wolves, of course, have had our moments as well. That's an understatement. <sighs> Boy, again, Zach Levine has had an awesome season. You got Timberwolves connections everywhere. Laurie Markkinen could have been ours. It sounded like we would have kept him if the uh, Butler trade wasn't going to happen. Kobe White was a guy people thought we were might, we were going to take, but it ended up being, uh, you know, Culver. Otto Porter Jr. is oft injured, of course. He's only played in nine games this year. He's just out again forever. Chris Dunn has had his moments. He gets... He gets steals and stuff, but he's just, you know, there's just not a whole lot of excitement going on there. Thaddeus Young, the former Timberwolf as well, wound up with the Bulls. Oh, my. Oh, what a mess. What a mess of players. It's kind of funny. Injuries and this and that and some moments here and some not-so-good moments there. And all, all, all in all, Zach Levine has played in every game and is averaging 25 and a half a game. He's got that nice catch-and-shoot three and the great athleticism. I'm sure Wolves fans will worship him at his feet when he comes to target center because, yes, we all know we didn't want to trade him away. It was, you know, it was freaking Thibodeau that did it and all that, but uh, whatever. We have to move on. You have to move on. You can't just cry about it. I think Beasley's going to have a nice showing versus... I, I keep bringing this up with Beasley. There's something about him. You know, he's got an it factor to him that I really like. Uh, I got a feeling he's going to win that battle with Zach Levine. I've got a sneaky feeling that that, that possibility's there. Because I think, you know, he knows how this fan base thinks about Zach Levine. I'm pretty sure he has a pretty good idea of that. Especially he'll hear the reaction from the fans when, when Zach Levine's name is announced. There's going to be something, I think. I think there's going to be a little bit of nice mano a mano with Malik Beasley. I think he's going to win that battle. I think he's going to frustrate Zach Levine and put him in a low field goal percentage. The Wolves win the game, and Malik Beasley will be the hero. At the end of the day, Russell's going to have some huge moments as well, though. I expect Russell to go off against the uh, Chicago Bulls unless Chris Dunn frustrates the hell out of him. I, I expect Russell to get in the 30s, but I think Beasley's going to win a back-to-back mono-a-mono with uh, Zach Levine, particularly down the stretch. I just have that feeling. He's a better defensive player than Zach Levine. He is, and I think that could be a possible advantage that Malik Beasley may have. He's averaging almost 22 points a game since joining the Wolves. In seven games now, that's a, that's a decent sample size to get things started in his Timberwolves career. About 42% from downtown as well, which is ahead of Zach Levine this year. So that, that's cool. Keep it coming. Again, it's, it's not a sample size that you're going to say, wow. But it's enough of a sample size to say, okay, he looks like he's going to have some success with this team, at least the rest of this season, and hopefully for many years beyond. There, there's a chance. It's enough of a sample size to get at least a vibe of what he can do. Uh, get a vibe. Like when you really start getting confident in him, if he's still doing that after like 35 games or something, 25, 35 games, then you start really feeling confident in what Malik Beasley will bring long-term to the Timberwolves <clears throat> at the end of the day. But the Wolves win the game against the Chicago Bulls. We wind up scoring 
Mm. You know, it's like going to be like 125, 115. I think it'll be a convincing victory, and the Wolves come out with a win. And again, Malik Beasley will win the mano a mano battle with Zach Levine. With that said, we got a busy fan interaction segment coming up, so let's get to it right away. Had to preview four games, so again, a little bit, a little bit extra going on because sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four. Well, this time it was four. How's it going, Joey? Uh, sorry, it's been so long. Just, you know, just like with work and stuff, but uh, I'm back now. And I've uh, just finished watching the Heat game, so I have a few takeaways from it. The first being uh, Coach Saunders having one of his best coaching performances. Um, that lineup he ran with the dual point guards, just combating how they were defending D'Lo was pretty smart in my opinion. Uh, having the two ball handlers out there just really opened things up for the Wolves. Like You saw that wide open layup that McLaughlin had and stuff like that. Um, the first time I've really seen him, uh, counteract something that he's seen during a game um, it's just a nice positive to see like a lot of people have been complaining about how he's coached and even I was getting a bit sick of how he was just running the system and wasn't adjusting to things on the fly so yeah it was nice to see him have his moment yesterday really uh, the second being how he left D'Lo in, on the defensive end near the end of the game um, a lot of coaches in the past have taken D'Lo out so it's cool just to see him have the confidence in that in a player and that just the way that D'Lo reacted to it as well. Um, like, that help side block, man, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, especially this season. It's been a season of downs, really, but, um, yeah, no, it was cool to see him come back and show us that he can be a, a, a decent defender, at least. But, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he carries that momentum forward into the future um, and one more thing is just how often D'Lo creates his own shot um, I'm not sure what the stats are or anything like that but just watching the game on how many unassisted points he scores it's pretty ridiculous so I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how him and Cat combine together like imagine running that high low sort of offense playing inside out if you've got Cat getting two men coming at him and then they're going to have to swarm Cat and uh, you're always going to have D'Lo open and you've got Beasley there as well like I don't know just the way I see it <laughs> moving forward the, te- the the offense is going to be awesome is what I'm trying to get at really it's just that defensively I don't know but yeah like I said hopefully D'Lo is going to move forward like it's a pretty big step for him being able to be left in and uh, yeah just the, the one thing I really want to see the team do is get someone who's a bit more, you know, grit and grind sort of thing. Someone who's really going to hold players accountable on the defensive end because, you know, leading 125, 130 points a game and it's exciting to watch, but it's, yeah, I don't know. We're not going to win anything anytime soon if that's going to be the continuing trend. But, yeah, that's that's all I've got to say today. Uh, cheers, mate, and hope everything's going good. Hey, welcome back. Love to hear Tanae's takes once again. Great to hear that Tanae from New Zealand right there. You got to hear that radio voice make the comeback. You sounded good. Yeah, you're worried if you're a little bit, maybe not feeling his best, maybe it's some allergies or something. Me, it's like, uh, I don't know, for, like, for the first time in my life, I guess I might have a little bit of allergies. Sometimes they pop up in the winter for some reason around here. I don't know, I guess just dust in the air, but... Whatever. Uh, it was an awesome call. Great thoughts there. It was nice to see again. Yep, Flip Saunders. I just call him Flip Saunders. I'm sure I'm not the first person to do that. Ryan Saunders um, showing confidence in D'Lo 
defensively down the stretch there. And yeah, D'Angelo Russell did not let Ryan Saunders down. He did not let the Timberwolves down, and he showed some uh, some some leadership. He, he really did down the stretch. It is very exciting. Uh, we do need somebody that could... Yep, I mean, that's what I think we need in the draft in some ways and, and free agency. Free agency is a tough thing. Obviously, our salary cap situation isn't going to be that good because look how much money we're playing, uh, paying Carl and D'Angelo. So that's the tough part. But James Johnson, he's got a little bit of that in him, I think. He's got a little bit of that leadership in terms of, you know, holding guys accountable defensively. He does take guys aside. Josh Okogie's obviously a good defender, but uh, of course he's not established in the NBA enough to say a whole lot. That's where things get tough. That's where things get uh, get very tough. We know how Andre Iguodala certainly wouldn't come and help us. After what he did in Memphis, that kind of showed a lot about that guy. There was always a side of that guy that bugged me that I didn't like, and I guess it came out. I was like, I don't know what it is. The guy bugs me, and I guess that's what it was. He's got an attitude. <laughs> Andre Iguodala's got an attitude. And I don't, I don't think I'd want him. Um, he wouldn't want us either, apparently, again, because that's just how he is. Um, but no, I mean, in the draft as well, though, I do think we got to look in that direction, a large, bruising guy who could be a defender. Uh, and I want somebody large. I want somebody large, if possible. Um, I haven't looked much into the draft yet. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, the draft isn't supposed to be super deep. I guess it's it's hockey where it's extremely deep. It's like you keep getting them both mixed up, and then football drafts all over the place all the time. Every year's different. You might think there's nobody. You might think there's, oh, there's quarterbacks everywhere. Wow, look at all these quarterbacks, and they all stunk. They all were busts, like Jake Locker and Christian Ponder and all them years ago. So it's interesting, to say the least. Every draft is different. Like, a lot of people thought 96 was like, meh, it's, it's okay. And then look at the 96 NBA draft. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, um, but no, I'm looking for a larger guy in the draft and free agency, this and that. That can help as well. I mean, I, I agree with that 100%, to be quite honest. Uh, the offense is going to be so much fun. I do think Beasley, though, is a good, solid defender. I do. Uh, I liked what I saw. The way he just kind of follows his man in a, in a form of he's always in front of the ball. Uh, in in sense of he's he's denying the passing lane like he's always in the right place right time when it comes to that. I think he's a he's good on the ball defender, but he's good off the ball defender too, which is extremely important. Because if you're not a good off the ball defender, the guy's going to be open and you know for catch and shoot for layups whatever. And I think Beasley helps deny uh, a lot of that. So luckily we do have somebody. He is somebody I think that could have some leadership uh, at times as well. And I think it'll develop over over time as he gets more established in the league. The, the poor guy was buried in Denver for an extended period. Lots of good uh, shooting cards on that team. Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, guys like that. A lot of talented players. So it kind of hurt his chances to get uh, uh, full-time type minutes. Where here, he's he's going to get it. And he definitely deserves it right now. Because he's he's got that two-way game that I, that I really appreciate. Awesome call in today. Thank you very much. And yep. Thank you again very much. Uh, Tanae and Levi both retweeted the most recent episode. It's 48 minutes is what I was saying, not 36 or whatever. And uh, Vince Germano also retweeted it. Tanae and Levi from New Zealand. Vince Germano from Australia. Thank you guys so freaking much for retweeting the show. At Wolves Explosion is your... <laughs> At Wolves Explosion is the uh, Twitter account for Timberwolves Explosion. I was kind of going off and off and on. I was going off and on. I was saying, it's not a 50. Gordon sat on the guy. How dumb can people be? Everybody was all offended when uh, uh, Mr. Gordon, Aaron Gordon, didn't get a 50 when he dunked over Taco, supposedly. But 
Taco, yeah, I mean, Taco's really tall, but I mean, it almost looked like he sat on the guy, in my opinion. I know everybody, like a lot of people are going to disagree and think, uh, what a absolute injustice and how lame is it that, uh, <laughs> how lame is it that Aaron Gordon didn't get a 50 there and he deserves to win, he got ripped off again. Eh, I think Jones did a hell of a job. I think TJ Jones was awesome. Um, absolutely awesome. I loved what he did out there. Uh, TJ Jones was spectacular and he... He's got some special athleticism that uh, is definitely worthy of note, to say the least. Let's see if there's any other tweets. thought there was a little more. Maybe not. It didn't really develop into a conversation. Okay, why didn't I even read it? Yeah, today, actually, or uh, this was Levi, actually said something. Agree, super impressive, but nearly took Taco's head off. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't even read it. I just looked at it. I'm sorry, Levi, so I came back there. Yeah, Levi's an awesome guy, too, and he's welcome to call in as well if you'd like, and Vince Germano called in last show. Yeah, I mean, you guys are so welcome to call in. Uh, love it. Love it so, so freaking much when you call in. It just it just adds to the show and adds some extra energy and extra voice to the show. It literally does, obviously. Tanae Brown was, yep, replying to Drew Schiller. He must really dislike Steph. Ha ha. Yeah, he was talking about, uh, yeah, how, uh, and I wrote something I probably shouldn't have, but Chris Paul was basically talking about, let's see, he was being interviewed. Taylor Rooks, apparently, is her name. Yep. <laughs> she was asking Chris Paul how to build the ultimate point guard by adding uh, by pulling attributes from a bunch of guys. He didn't mention Steph Curry at all. I don't think he likes him. Yeah, and you know what? That was a frustrating series. The Houston should have won that series. I'm still stuck on that. I think they should have won that series a couple years ago. But, uh... Well, okay, how about this? Steph Curry shooting from the outside. There you go. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of special attributes for from certain point guards. How about Magic Bleepin' Johnson? That's the ultimate one for me. But, I mean, obviously there's a lot of... So I'll, I'll mention Steph Curry there. I'll, I'll just do that to be nice. Okay, his shooting. I'm not a fan of Steph Curry either. I don't like the showboating. I don't like the, the shimmy crap. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's childish. And if you're over 30 years old with three rings, I don't think you should be shimmying every time you make a three. Luckily, he has toned it down significantly compared to where he was about two... uh, In 2016, he was at his all-time worst, and he kind of got what was coming to him. If you want to call it karma, if you want to call it so what you reap, whatever it was, in 2016, that son of a gun got what he was was coming to him. (laughs) So luckily, that did come back on him in a big way. Uh, That is the end of the tweets. At Wolves Explosion. Again, that will be in the show description. There is a visitor post. We'll get to that momentarily from Wayne Hunt, the legendary Wayne Hunt of the Courtside Podcast, who also is a host with Vince Germano and Stu Benson, all out of Australia. So no comments on the actual release of the show on the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion if you want to go there. Of course, please like that. Please follow the Twitter account if you could. Tell your friends about it. I was uh, I posted an article, ESPN.com, Wolves Town's out indefinitely due to injury, and apparently that ended up being, yeah, a, a broken wrist, and I was just like, great. Calvin Bacall locally says, the team has proven this year they are better without him, and it is kind of funny. That is kind of funny, because they have been, which is sad. Uh, Sebastian Barton, man, Cato, and, and Purple Mafia legend, of course, Tene Brown also is now a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Yeah, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Yep, check that out. State of the Vikings 2020. Check that out. Purple Mafia podcast. Uh, it's just Purple Mafia slash Minnesota Vikings show or whatever you want to look up if you could. 
Uh, David Allen Collins says tanking. Fred Mithen shows an image of a tank. Yes, and <laughs> I don't disagree with that. Fred Mithen also locally, I do believe David Allen Collins, same. We'll go upward a bit. Article from fansided.com. D'Angelo Russell has finally found a home with the Timberwolves. There was no comments, just likes. Encourage you to read that one. Pretty cool. And we move upward. Johnny K. Johnny Krasinski. I basically, you know, <laughs> I screenshot his tweet. I could have shared it maybe, but uh, I just went this direction. D'Angelo Russell out tomorrow versus Denver with planned rest. And I circled that. Yeah, that was really frustrating. It's funny how the Wolves got fined for that one. I was saying, we're very soft. It's who we are. Jamie Tintor locally says, no Towns, no Russell. What a tank job. Yep. It's, I was saying it's boring as hell, it, it, and it is. Uh, Timothy Lee Schuler also locally says planned rest is a choke. I can't disagree with that. Vince Germano says soft. So short responses, but to the point. That's for damn sure. I was also saying this needs to stop. It's ruining the league. I know for sure it's alienating many fans that are spending a lot of money to watch these guys sit on their butts and cheerlead the whole game. Yeah, man. I mean... <laughs> That would have been the theme of this show if it wasn't for that awesome game with Miami. That was an awesome day. Uh, that would have been the theme of the show. It would have been Planned Rest. I was actually going to title this episode Planned Rest because I'm, I, I was very frustrated. Very frustrated with how things were heading. Uh, but luckily, I could come off it temporarily. We'll see if I have to head that direction again. That's interesting. Uh, yep, Kevin Garnett speaks out on not having Jersey retired by Timberwolves. I did not like what I read there. I did not like it. Denny Brown says, I'd love to be a fly on the wall whenever KG and Taylor meet again. Both parties seem as stubborn as the other. And delusional. I think so. But uh, this bothered me, what I read here. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. You can you can go ahead and disagree with, uh, of course, I disagree with Glenn Taylor saying that Kevin Garnett tanked. Okay, that was the mistake. But again, I'm going to keep coming back to the whole thing with the Flip Saunders, this and that. They agreed to this, they agreed to that. They were kind of, it was the, it was a very unique, unfortunate, unthinkable, depressing, horribly sad situation that nobody could do anything about. Nobody could predict that. Nobody in a million years could have predicted that. How like uh, Saunders and, and Kevin Garnett had an agreement of possibly forming a group to buy the Timberwolves and all that. And then Flip dies of all things because of the, you know, not the not the Hodgkin's disease, but the in the you know infection during the chemotherapy. You know when you get apparently when you get sick during chemotherapy, your immune system is like not good, and just it wasn't what it was. Your immune system is like not good during that time, um, and I don't know. No, nobody could have predicted that happening. Nobody. He was at eighty percent recovery rate with Hodgkin's disease. Eighty percent. So I mean, nobody could have predicted that in a million years. So, I don't know. To basically say the Wolves screwed him over, I think, was is a little bit too much. Uh, Gary Trent went on. It was Chad Harmon, but he was with Eric Nelson, I believe. And he just sounded like a guy, you know. He was like he was talking about a murderer when he was talking about Glenn Taylor and the Timberwolves. That, that was too much. He sounded just like I wanted to literally... I really, really wanted to tap on Gary Trent's shoulder, Gary Trent Sr., and say, why are you so bleeping angry? Like, my God. The tanking part, yes. That's annoying, but that was 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Should Glenn Taylor publicly apologize? Yes. Should Garnett relax a little bit? Maybe. I mean, I, I, I think he's overdoing it, man. I, I think he's overdoing it a little bit. But here's the thing. This is what bothered me about this, which was, it just, to me, it sounds tone deaf. 
listen, I had many, I mean, I had some great years in many, but when it comes to management, it's not even close. I, I get it. Many, they run it one way. Boston, which has a culture of basketball, they run it a whole nother way. And I respect that. I can't tell a man <laughs> who, who owns the Timberwolves, whatever, what to do with his possessions or whatever he owns. But I'm very appreciative of Boston and they're retiring my number five. So what does this have to do with telling Glenn Taylor what to do when it comes to running, uh, when it comes to like retiring his number? To me, that sounds a little tone deaf. Uh, Glenn Taylor has gone on, uh, what was it, Scoop? He's gone on WCCO saying, hey, this is an open invite. We want to retire his number. We want to retire Kevin Garnett's number. This is an open invitation to him. He said it. And basically to say, like, basically like, oh, why aren't you retiring my number, basically? Oh, well, I can't tell him what to do. To me, that sounds tone deaf. And that bothered me a lot, actually. That sounds completely tone deaf. And I know so many of you local fans, you know, I see numbers go down when I talk about this. Or maybe not numbers, but like uh, followers, this and that. But I'm going to tell you how I feel on this show. This is what this is what radio is all about. Opinions. I was literally saying, what is he talking about? The ball's been in his court for years. I want to love Kevin Garnett, but I hate his attitude. I hate it. I hate his attitude. It's bothered me for a while. And, uh, <laughs> you know, again... Glenn Taylor should have never said anything about tanking. That was, I don't know why he would say that, actually. Um, Kevin Garnett always gave great effort. I agree with that 100%. I think he gave great effort. I, I do. I wish he was more of a goal-getter when it came to being clutch late in games, but that's not for everybody, apparently. It's absolutely not. There are so many players in many sports that weren't that player. Kevin Garnett was the most overall talented players on the two 2008 Celtics, but he was not the leader of that team. He was not. Paul Pierce was. Um, Paul Pierce led the way. That's why he got the MVP. Glenn Taylor, or Garnett, was the most talented overall, and of course, he finally got something he, he should have gotten a long time ago, was Defensive Player of the Year. That was freaking cool to see him finally get that. That was awesome. Um, so I was very happy about that. I'm not coming up here and just bashing and hating on Kevin Garnett. I'm, re I'm recognizing a lot. But I hate the attitude sometimes. It, it stinks. It's bitterness. It's sourness. It's, I don't know. Bitterness and sourness doesn't really get you very far. Um, it doesn't. It can <laughs> to a point. But grand scheme of things, it's a roadblock. And putting up roadblocks is not good. It's not a productive way to, to, to carry yourself as far as I'm concerned. But I don't know. Who am I? I can't tell Kevin Garnett how to run his company either. So if you know what I'm saying. Himself, his own company. I can't tell him how to run his company either, so I'll just kind of throw that back at him, I guess. Ah, I love this one. Jimmy Butler, game-winning slash tying shots for the Timberwolves. Please look at that YouTube video, and you'll see very much, you'll see similarities of how the Miami game ended. Same thing, where he was making sure that he was going to be the guy with the ball, and everybody knew it, so three guys ganged up on him and knocked it away. I'm sure they were like, yeah, they all knew it. Ryan Saunders knew it, and if you pay attention a little bit, you all knew it. In that situation, Jimmy Butler is just going to hog the ball. Once he has it, the ball's never coming out. So it's pretty predictable. He's not. That's where Michael Jordan was predictable in the earlier stages of his career. And that's why the Pistons beat him. But then when he started being more of a team player and started making smarter decisions, then the Bulls won six bleeping titles. And it looked oh so easy because Jordan was that great. He was ten times better <laughs> than, most, <laughs> than most of the players you see out there that you call all-stars in this day and age. But uh, maybe not 10 times that he was twice the player, we'll say. Fred Mithen says about uh, Jimmy Butler, B-list all-star. I agree. I never understood the little bit of hype around him. 
Thibs screwed this franchise by bringing him in. It's obvious to me that Thibs can't coach or uh, and any success he ever had was on the coattails of his players, Derek Rose and Kevin Garnett. Yep. Otherwise, he could have coached up Wiggins to be like Butler. Yeah, how did he get a reputation to be the successful defensive coach? Noah Gibson, KG Rondo et al. In fact, Thibs never achieved the defensive rating that Sam Mitchell had us at with the less talented roster. That was really well said. That was really well said, Fred Mitten. That was awesome. You know, that you, you put up really you put up a really good case there. Uh that was nice. I I hope you're a listener. Cause uh that was awesome. I'm glad I can say that to you. That was really well said. I'm gonna click love, not like that was awesome. You know, Sam Mitchell did a good job. He was underrated as a coach. And again, you never saw the defense really improve with Tom Thibodeau. Just little spurts here and there. It seemed like everyone got worse almost. It was weird. Because, I mean, yeah, you rode the coattails of Noah Gibson, Rondo, Garnett, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That's freaking crazy. And that Bulls team was so good for that little while, but the next thing you know, they were injured. And here it is. Timberwolves fined twenty five grand for arresting a healthy D'Angelo Russell. That guy with sports. Fred Minton says, good enough for Popovich, but not good enough for the Wolves, eh? Nice double standard league. What about the process? <laughs> what about the process? I mean, Philly made tanking a friggin' band's, uh, brand slogan. Yeah? Yeah, and Fred, you are on fire. I like it. And Fuego, you are on fire. Vince Germano, I like how he says it rested on his birthday, didn't he? He did, Vince. He did. You nailed it. Yep, and you uh, brought that to my attention by saying that, and then it's like, it, it is the 23rd, isn't it? <laughs> you son of a gun. You son of a gun, D'Angelo. <laughs> That's actually really funny. This show is kind of long, but there are lots of games to review and lots of interesting stuff, and that was kind of fun. So, here it goes. Wayne Hunt, the host of the Courtside Podcast. Wayne Hunt out of Sydney, Australia. Vince Germano out of Melbourne. And Stu Benson out of Sydney, Australia. The second richest man in Sydney, Wayne Hunt, the Alpha Dog, and Vinrock Vince Germano, the People's Champ. Everyone has their identity. Wayne Hunt is a Memphis fan. Stu Benson and Vinrock Vince Germano are Laker fans. So, love the Courtside Podcast. Do check that out on pretty much any podcasting app on the planet. Of course, Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify. I believe it's on Spotify. That might be the one that's kind of like in and out a bit. But all the main big ones that you know about, tune in. You could go on forever with those. If my show's there, theirs probably is as well. So, you get the idea. Do check it out and do listen. Podomatic as well. That's the one that they've been using for a while. I hope this is the whole comment. Maybe I'll pull up the other ones just in case. The other thing I had loaded, just in case. It seems like the mobile apps are better. Yeah, the mobile apps tend to be better when it comes to the Facebook page. I don't know why, but it's, it's way better. It's way clearer. And there's that triple block. There's the triple block. D'Angelo, Beasley, The Beast, and there's Herman Gomez. So let's go. I mean, the only way Joey could have loved this game more is if Jimmy Butler played for the Warriors. I yep, I think you nailed it, buddy, because I kind of like Miami a little bit. Not with him there. Uh, and Dragon is just way bad. I don't know. He seems like he's finished, man. And it's kind of sad. What's the thoughts on the new roster right now, Joey? Can you see potential for next season? Slug that W out. Glad to see Culver getting decent minutes again. I agree with Culver getting decent minutes, and he played well. He played well. Um, he had a couple of good games, and early on he didn't. It was kind of sad, but uh, yeah, as you move forward into the week, Culver did play better. He got more minutes. He got the action he deserved. The triple block was beautiful, and again, it was literally like the video, like the YouTube video, how many times he did that with the Wolves. 
in the single year he was here in Jimmy Brothers' case, because I don't even count the second year. He was, like, not here. He was just pretending to be here. <laughs> My thoughts on the roster, I think it's very exciting. I, I, I really think it's fun. And you have the legitimate point guard to a Marbury level for the first time since then. I mean, we're talking 1999, Wayne Hunt. 1999. 1999, back when I was, you know, a couple years out of high school. <laughs> yeah. Some of you weren't born. No, some of you weren't born. Most of you were already born, but much younger, probably. Like, like young, like a kid. Obviously, Wayne Hunt and all of us, we're all Gen Xs. So, yep, Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, Stu Benson, we're all Gen Xs, and I'm glad to say that. I'd rather be Gen X than younger. Uh, I'm proud that I got to see the whole 90s and most of the 80s and blah, blah, blah. Um, got to see the whole Jordan era. Wasn't that fun? Um, but, uh, no, my, my thoughts on this roster are, again, I'm very encouraged. I'm not super-duper like, oh, my God, here comes the NBA championships. You know, it's not necessarily Marbury Garnett yet, but I hope so. I, I hope so. I mean, I like what Gerson Rosas is doing. I like how he was able to work that out. I mean, it shows you he knows what he's doing. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. And he's not ignorant when it comes to all offense, no defense, uh, which is good. He was talking about, literally, remember his original press conference with the Wolves, how it's all about the, you know, you got to be top 10 in both to be a playoff team, and you got to be top 5 in both to be a championship contender. And, well, that's good to hear him say that. You want to have balance. Big Balance is a big word. And Beasley, I think, helps you bring a two-way game. Uh, D'Angelo Russell showed a little bit of solid defense. Herman Gomez is, is all right, too, defensively. We'll see what happens, how long-term most of these guys are here. But uh, I believe Beasley and Russell will be here for many years, I hope. And um, it would be a big loss to see Beasley go because uh, he is a restricted free agent. We'll, we'll see what happens there. With that said, those are my thoughts, uh, Wayne Hunt, and thank you always, man. This was a great show, guys. The fan interaction on this show was awesome. Thank you. Fred Mithin, Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, Stu Benston. You know, nice to hear from Timmy Schuler. That was awesome as well. I uh, can't thank you guys enough. Tanae, Levi, you guys really just helped carry this show in a lot of ways, in this, especially in this segment. Jamie Tintor, thank you. Always love hearing from you as well. Sean Grant, when he posts as well on here, always appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Uh, hopefully the Wolves can continue this success, and it's been fun. It's been fun keeping up with this team, and hopefully we can get more wins like this. We can build off of this one as uh, the replay is playing in the background here. I wish I could have it right in front of me, but at least I have a beautiful background, uh, the backyard of the apartment area here with the kind of woods and railroad tracks. It looks really cool, and then it houses off in the distance. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, maybe I'll see a fox again one of these days walking on those railroad tracks. That was sweet <laughs> last winter. I can't believe it's been a year since that since I saw that up there, but uh, fox has been around, but not during the show. Damn it. Come on, fox. Come back. Come back. Because uh, the blue fox, the blue fox, D'Angelo Russell is... Uh, I'm enjoying him very much. That's that's his name, the Blue Fox. With that said, we're going to wish all of you a good week. Hopefully the Timberwolves continue this uh, exciting pattern and head in a better direction. Until next week, take care and God bless. <laughs>